How did Goncafe come to have a name like Goncafe, which literally means with coffee? Well, I'm going to tell you that in this bonus edition of Goncafe. I'm Pastor Adi Valverde. I guess I've been drinking coffee longer than most of you have been alive. Uh, I was, in, gosh, still a child. I remember wanting coffee, and my mother added, I guess, a little coffee to my milk and uh, a lot of sugar, and you can tell. Uh, and uh, that became my drink. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, even through high school in the morning, I'd have a, a cup of milk and sugar with coffee thrown in for color, I guess. And when I would come back, well, co- then coffee became really um, essential for me when I went away to college. Studying and stuff was never a big uh, problem at any point in my life. But in college, we uh, were influenced by each other. And I was influenced by those that liked to cram and stay up and not even sleep before an exam because of their nervousness and their uh, want and need to have a super grade on exams. And so I tried coffee, I believe, in Jacksonville, Texas, at Lon Morris College for the very first time. Um, without sugar and without milk. It was just this bitter, strong, hot drink that uh, my lips tasted and uh, shook my head and said, well, I guess if this is going to keep me up, then I will drink this. And then I became a uh, straight coffee uh, drinking person. Uh, No sugar, no milk, just, (laughs) just hot coffee. Well, that followed me the rest of my academic career. And um, when I started serving churches, uh, I guess I would bring coffee with me and I would drink a cup, maybe two, uh, during the day. But when I finally had a secretary that uh, would prepare coffee, I kind of felt obligated to drink the whole pitcher because nobody else drank the coffee. Uh, To my recollection, the coffee was... Uh, made just for me and so I felt kind of obligated to drink it all and I would I would drink the whole little carafe uh, of coffee then uh, years of doing that I began to question that I began to question how it was affecting my system and uh, I just made the deliberate uh, decision that I'm going to give up coffee and it was a very painful and nerve-wracking uh, experience. I think for two months, I suffered withdrawal from the massive amounts of caffeine um, that I was taking. Uh, suddenly gone, and my body uh, reacted to it, but I was feeling better. And even though I had these terrible headaches and uh, periods of not knowing why I gave it up, I, I said this this is the right thing. And so... For some years, um, I drank no caffeine. It was just water and other stuff that I uh, wanted to drink. And, um, and of course, non-alcoholic. And um, when our oldest daughter went to uh, London to spend a semester there, she brought us back some tea, hot tea. And so we started drinking caffeine again, but in moderation with the hot tea that she brought to us. And again, uh, at some point, Nellie and I uh, said, no more caffeine. And uh, we quit that 
for a while, but it was always, uh, you know, our decision to do it or not do it. And then, um, so as I'm writing a devotional, I started in 1999. I was a senior pastor at Trinity United Methodist Church on Wurzbach Street there in San Antonio. And I uh, started emailing. And, you know, this was the evolution of the computer, personal computer, and ability to communicate. And I saw the potential for myself to write a daily devotional, which I desperately needed for my spirit, as well as sharing it with those who were willing to to read it and and so I uh, always have been a subscriber to services that send mass emails that always give you the option to opt out if you don't like it. Well, my superintendent at the time was uh, Dr. Harold Sassman, and in passing, he and I had been meeting and talking. He said, "I love." Uh, Oh, and by the way, I called my devotional consecrated coffee because that's what would motivate me. That's what would get me going in the morning in those days, and especially as I was writing. And uh, the steaming cup of coffee would be next to my computer, and I would sip on it and write and pray. And I thought this would be a good name, consecrated coffee. And so um, that was the name, consecrated coffee. <clears throat> and he said, oh, I love that devotional you uh, sent out. Thanks for sending it what's it called, Con Café? And uh, I didn't have a chance to answer because he was always in a hurry. And I said, yeah, Con Café sounds good. I like that. And so I, I named it Con Café. So where am I in all this coffee stuff? Uh, <laughs> I've recently been joined, been joined by my wife, Nellie, in the caffeine world because uh, she went to see uh, a neurosurgeon uh, that... Uh, said, I'm going to give you this very powerful medication. And he said, do you drink caffeine? And she said, no. He said, well, start drinking lots and lots of it because this will offset some of the side effects that this uh, drug can bring. And so very reluctantly and very unhappily, uh, Nellie started drinking <laughs> caffeine again. And uh, she's uh, almost on the last doses of that. And she's making the decision of, uh, well, once the medicine's over, I think I'm going to quit drinking caffeine. So, my friends, thank you for listening to Con Café. And there you have a short, brief, probably a very accurate account of how <clears throat> it came to be known as Con Café. Uh, it probably hasn't helped sales in terms of the readership and people um, buying into it, but uh, that's... A blessing I got from uh, one of my former superintendents. I pray he's resting in peace. And uh, thankful for you and for your willingness to listen to Con Café, which used to be consecrated coffee from a non-coffee drinking author. God bless you and have a great day. And here's to whatever you will be enjoying this morning to wake you up. Be it coffee, hot tea, or milk, or orange juice, whatever it is. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye.